tuning into the 503rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening. I want to thank you for making me in the show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcast, the upper platform you may be listening to me via. Gonna have a great podcast for all you guys today. Going to have Mr. Zach on the show to talk some NFL, give our week 10 NFL predictions. Also, probably talk a little NBA. Don't know how much NBA we'll get to. Now, before I get to that conversation with Mr. Zach, I'm going to get my shameless plug. As always, first-time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit, threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below. Specifically, for you Spotify, everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp, and we'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at nighttrain underscore lane and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane, you will find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you've Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. For some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pop, then fret not, worry not, folks. Just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And now it's time for one of my monologues that my good friend Kenny Sim loves so much. So, a term that's often used in the NFL, and really sports in general, is that, you know, sports is fair, sports is equal, sports is the ultimate meritocracy, you're judged by your ability, not politics, you're judged by your ability, how fast you are, how strong you are, how quick you are, how many touchdowns you have, how many touchdowns you stop the other team from having, how many sacks you have, how many points you score, how many no-hitters you throw, how many home runs you hit, how many goals you score. When the truth is, that's all a lie, right? It's a lie. It's false. It's a false narrative used to make people feel better. The truth of the matter is, sports is inherently unfair. And to tell you the truth, it's more political than about anything in America other than what goes on in Washington, D.C. on a regular basis. All the time. Players start because they're high draft picks. Not because they're better than the next guy, but because the team drafted them higher. Players start because they're paid a higher salary. You make $20 million and the other guy makes $80,000 or $800,000. Guess who's starting? The guy who makes $20 million. Players get picked up by teams because they have a relationship with the general manager or the head coach. They worked with them previously at another place, more likely than not. Look at Deshaun Watson. 20-plus woman alleged sexual assault. And he got the richest contract in NFL history. While when only a few months later, Bill's punter, Matt Ariza, gets accused of gang rape. But one incident, he's cut. Immediately. You see, is that really fair? Is that really quote-unquote equal? No, it's not. Antonio Brown, he was able to act like a fool in Pittsburgh, with the Steelers, with the Raiders, with the Buccaneers, freezing his feet, calling coaches crackers, coming to practice late, 
being me, 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 going Facebook Live with Mike Tomlin in the locker room, a sacred area, faking a vaccination, having a fake vaccination card, and all those teams kept him and dealed with his BS. You want to know why? Antonio Brown was really good at football. It wasn't fair. And if somebody else did it who wasn't good in all those stops, they would have been cut in an instant. So when you look at Jeff Saturday, yeah, you can be mad. He's never had any coaching experience or had coaching experience besides high school. But you know why he got the job? He was a really good football player for the Indianapolis Colts. Six-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, went to a few Super Bowls with them, won a Super Bowl. And Jim Irsay, obviously and clearly, undoubtedly, really likes the guy. That's why he's the head coach, not because of his resume. That's what you would like it all to be, the resume. But that's just not the truth of the matter. It's who you know, not what you know. Again, if we were talking about what's fair, I don't think Frank Reich should have been fired. His quarterbacks, since Andrew Luck retired, a true franchise quarterback, have been Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, and Matt Ryan. None of those guys were very good. And Frank Wright did more than a serviceable, a serviceable job. And yeah, Carson Wentz, right? Frank Wright did more than a serviceable job. He did a great job. I think he's a top 15 coach. Things were out of his control. And he got canned for a dude with no coaching experience. Again, life is in fear. Sports isn't fear, and the NFL, for sure as hell, ain't fear. And cut up next of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Mr. Zach on the show. Cut up next of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Mr. Zach with us. How you doing, man? Uh, Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to you, too. So, first, I thought it'd be really fun to do this. You're a big basketball history guy. So, I got a few players, a few all-time players... And I really enjoyed a few weeks ago when we did uh, guessing statistics with Giannis. So I'm going to start with this player, okay? Uh, He averaged 19.5 points per game, 7.2 rebounds per game, and 11.2 assists in his career. Can you guess who said player was? So he averaged 19.5 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 11.2 assists in his entire career. He's a Hall of Famer. That sounds like magic. Yes, you got it. What tipped you off? What tipped you off for magic? Oh, the assists. Okay, now we're going to go... So next, we're going to go with this player. He averaged 24.3 points per game in his career, 10 rebounds a game, and 6.3 assists 
there. No. No, it's not. He's taller than all of those guys you've named. Kobe Bryant? No, no, not Kobe. No. Let's see if we can help you out here. Let's see if we can help you out here. This player also... How how do I say this without giving it away? Uh, His career uh, shooting percentage from the field was 49.6. And he was a 37.6 career three-point shooter. Thirty-seven percent. Thirty-seven percent. I still also said 10 rebounds, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to excuse me on that one. Okay, so next we got another one for you. Uh, Michael Jordan. No. Okay, so next we got another one for you. So this one for this guy, this guy was a guard. He averaged 26.7 points per game. He averaged 6.2 assists per game and 3.7 rebounds per game. High minutes player, tough as nails. Yeah, and he was—he was known for his inefficiency. He was never the most efficient player. And it's not Kobe. It's not Kobe. He was Jerry West had twenty seven. He didn't Jerry West didn't play in that era. Twenty six points a game. Wasn't Jerry West? Twenty six points a game. He's one of your favorite players. Alan Iverson? <laughs> yes, you got it. Well, I only I only have a few I only have a few favorite players, you know, so Favorite 
people right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll go with this guy now. Uh, I'll give you one hint. He played around, He played in the same era as Allen Iverson. Uh, and this player averaged 14 points per game and 8 assists per game. He was a late bloomer, though. Late bloomer. Had multiple years averaging 11 assists a game. 10-plus assist seasons. Mark Jackson? No, not Mark Jackson. He only averaged 14 points a game? Yes. Sharpshooter. He was a very good shooter. Not Chauncey Billups. No, it's not. But similar error to Chauncey. Similar error to Chauncey. Right. And Allen Iverson. 14 points a game. That's not Tony Parker. No. 14 points a game. 14 points a game. 10 assists. Very good three-point shooter. 90% from the line. He only, over the course of his career, he played with three teams. Three teams. He was considered a very unselfish player. years. Well, his career in assists, his career average for assists was 8.5, but he had multi, he was a late bloomer. He had multiple years in his career, in the middle of his career, where he was averaging 10 plus assists. He won a league MVP. <laughs> oh, see, man. Yeah, yes. Okay, okay, okay. It's I thought it, he averaged more points than that. But like you said, his early years at that, his early years at Dallas, he was just finding his way. And uh, so, so tell the truth, tell the truth. They might, they might have gave up on that, gave up on that team a little early. Oh, with the Nats? I thought, him, I thought him and Dirk was going was growing into a nice combination. Oh, you're talking about with Dallas and Nash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dirk they and Nash. They pulled the plug on that too early. I don't exactly remember who they replaced him with. Yeah, 
I think it was Devin Harris. You know what's really crazy when you think of dynamic duos? Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki have more total MVPs than Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, one apiece. Steve Nash won two. People quietly forget that Steve Nash won two straight MVPs in the heart of the Kobe Bryant, in the heart of Kobe Bryant's prime. So for this next player, this player averaged 25 points and 10 rebounds for his career. Was extremely strong, powerful, played a long time in the league and scored a lot of points in the league. Yeah, you got it. All right. What tipped you off to Malone? So I'll give you one more. This player, first career average, 16.1 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game, and 5.2 assists per game. Very good all-around player, and he was a very good defender as well. Elite perimeter defender. Jack of all trades. Sixteen a game, sixteen point one points, six point four rebounds, five point two assists, and he was a very, very good defender, an elite defender. Was Scotty Pippen? Yes. All right. Okay, what tipped you off to Scotty? <laughs> well, dear, like I said, on my 
slow in my other responses, but now my clock, my 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 um my antennas are up now, so I'm really thinking about it. You know, it's really it's really coming to me um, a little easier now. I was thinking too hard before. <laughs> That's fair. There's only been a few that that were elite. You know, they go along points and rebounds. Sounds like an all-around player. Actually, you want one more? I'll give you one more bonus if you want one. Uh, sounds like an all-around player. You want one more guess? I'll give you one more uh, uh, player. One more. Uh, we'll see if this one trips you up at all. So this player is probably the worst player that I've named out of everybody so far, just to let you know, just so you have that in, the head, in your head. For his career, he averaged 19.6 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game. Yes, he'd probably generally be considered the worst player. <laughs> but maybe that makes it harder for you. So maybe just forget about that. Just focus on the numbers then. Just focus on the numbers. 19.6 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game. I'll, I'll give you a hand. I'll give you another hand. In the apex of his career, he was as good as anybody scoring the basketball. He had a stretch where he averaged 32.1 points per game and 28 points per game. Extremely good score. Perimeter score. Thirty points a game. Led the league in scoring twice. Yes. That's very true as well. I would just say he'd be the, out of everybody, I think I named out of everybody, Nash, Bird, Magic. Uh, who else did we go through? We went through some other people. Uh, out of all those guys, I think McGrady would generally be considered the worst out of all those guys. Though, in terms of his talent and when he was at his apex, obviously, as you can see, the numbers don't lie. 32.1 points per game, 28, and leading the league in scoring. He took a backseat to no one. No doubt. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> I, I like these exercises. It gets the brain working. It gets the brain working. All right. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk some NFL. Cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Mr. Zach with us. So, I do quickly want to get your thoughts on this. So, the Indianapolis Colts hired Jeff Saturday. He's going to be their interim head coach. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that. It was kind of a shock because, obviously, Jeff Saturday, he's working at ESPN as an analyst, and then he gets, you know, the call to uh, be the head man for the Colts. And a lot of people are like, hey, that's taking away a lot of opportunities from other guys who are quite frankly more deserving, obviously, because he just hasn't had the reps in that specific industry. So what do you think about uh, Jeff Saturday kind of skipping the line? Well, it kind of happened happened up clear blue. It was a hasty decision by Jim Ursay. Frank Wright has a good football mind, but he's he's been... He's been struggling at the quarterback position, you know. Um, Luck was their quarterback. Then he went from Luck to Phillip Rivers and then to a variety of other guys. But um, they ended up with Matt Ryan, and now they got this other guy. um, Sam Ellinger. At first, I thought it was a publicity stunt. Are they trying to? Is he trying to sell tickets or what? Um, A desperation move, also, and. I don't know if that's fair to Jeff Saturday. I don't know if he got caught up in the emotions of it all, but it's an interim tag on the job, and I'm I'm quite sure he wants to bring his franchise back to being relevant again, but I was surprised. But I'm not I was surprised, but also I'm not surprised when it comes to a person who has controlling interest in a, in, a, in a team or business, the ability to have not have to answer to anyone and just to make any decision, I'm not surprised by that. That was a me decision. That was not a we decision. I don't think he consulted. No, I don't think he consulted a damn soul about that. Yeah, that's always the tricky thing, right? Because obviously, clearly, you know, no disrespect to Jeff Saturday, but you know. And he might be good at the job, but he hasn't had the experience, nor has he done anything to really make you think he would uh, be good at the job. And there's people who have worked harder and have deserved, you know, more opportunities, right? And you can look at this from a lot of different angles. But I think at the end of the day, part of it is Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, he paid a lot of money for the team, and he can hire whoever he pleases. I mean, and who you hire reflects your success, right? Like, whether the product you put out on the field is going to be good, you could hire a bunch of people who who suck, right? And your team won't be very good. But you're the one in charge. And sometimes, just like I said, that sounded like a me decision, not a we decision. So I'm think I'm thinking that. 
with a desperation move, with a, with a fading franchise. Uh, first, they get rid of the uh, offensive coordinator, assistant coach. Next on next on the chopping block is the head coach. I think Frank Wright will land on his feet. He's a great core. He's a great offensive mind. He just didn't have the tools to work with. So now I want to go to this with the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, Josh Allen, he hurt his elbow. And people are saying he might play, he might not play. Uh, how concerned are you about all of it? Well, there was football. The injuries happen in football. You know, if there's, there's, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. So they're both... One is temporary, one and one you can play through. One you're risking if you play through. So if you want to put all, if you want to put his whole career at stake for one regular season game, I think that's a bad, a bad decision. Um, we have a qualified backup. Football's a team sport. Why, why shouldn't the Bills be able to? Ride on the shoulders of their defense for a couple of games. They have they they have the ability to do that, but the lack of the the the, the quantity of injuries at every level from the first level. It started with Oliver and Phillips. Second level, Milano and Edmonds. Third level, High Poyer, Tre'Davious White. Four, uh, three starters, three starters, three pro bowlers out the secondary out. Two starters, two pro bowlers out of the second line, the linebackers out. Uh, so, you know, you're missing possibility of five pro bowlers on one defense. That's a lot to, over, that's a lot to overcome, but this is, this is where also coaching, coaching steps up to add little things to help us. To help the team. Do you think small things? Do you think that uh, that'd be best for the Bills? You know, then not punt for a few weeks, but get everybody healthy, right? Because it's kind of like, what do these games really matter? I guess it's the one seed. You want the Bills inevitably play the Kansas City Chiefs. You want that game being in Buffalo instead of in Arrowhead, right? So. What do you think is kind of the give and take of that is, okay, let's just make sure we're healthy. Well, the injuries are early. Early and midway. If possible, get the injuries out the way for the, for the stretch run. I mean, that's no guarantee. That's no guarantee that everyone's going to be healthy for the stretch run, but there's no guarantee that other teams won't face the same issues. It's football. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then get up next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to give our week 10 NFL predictions. Cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. AFC Championship game. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. Stakes are high. Tensions even higher. Mothers anxiously waiting. Children in the stands ready to cry if they're team goes home and doesn't get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Your pulse racing. He kicks. 
and you watch as the ball lands. Recovered. Onside kick. Oh, my gosh. Touchdown, Josh Allen. The Bills. They're going back to the Super Bowl. Only in my dreams, right? Now, make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make this even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. With Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Mr. Zach with us. And now it's time for our Week 10 NFL predictions. So, Seattle Seahawks at Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Germany. Who you got? Well, I'm going with the, I'm going with the uh, consistent team. Uh, last week, Tampa had a miracle comeback. I don't see it happening again. I'm going with Seattle. You know what? I'm going to go with Tampa. Uh, I think sometimes all you need is to see the ball go in the net once, right? To kind of feel yourself again, kind of get into a rhythm. Tampa Bay, they theoretically, they do have a better team. Uh, I know there is no home field advantage because obviously it's going to be in Germany. But I'm going to go with uh, Brady and Cohen. I'm going to say they win 24-21. to Next, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Buffalo Bills. Case Keenum goes, I'm going to go with uh, the Vikings. I'll say the Vikings win. 28-27. Also, something that's bothered me about the Bills lately is the run defense. The run defense has just been horrendous. Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, Ed Oliver, uh, Daquan Jones, they all got to get in together uh, in the interior of that defense. Also, I don't think Tremaine Adams has been particularly good against the run either. And uh, the Vikings, they just got T.J. Hawkinson. So I, I do think the Vikings are a pretty solid team. I mean, they're 7-1 for a reason. If Josh Allen doesn't go, I think that could be a little bit of trouble for the Bills. Next, we have the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. The new and improved, the new and improved Chicago Bears. Um, they've turned, they, they played respectable football the last couple games. Uh... Detroit, Detroit beat a beat a fading Green Bay team, and I mean fading fast too. Um, 
but their defense is giving up a lot of points per game. And um that's gonna be the, that's gonna be their downfall on Chicago. Their quarterback is starting to feel himself, his confidence is building. He they, the offense is incorporating his his running ability into their offensive system. And uh I'm gonna I see a decent amount of points being put up on the board, but I see um Chicago 23, Bears 20. I mean, Chicago 23, Lions 20. I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to say they went 41-38. Uh, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, and I think we're going to see Justin Fields take another step forward. Uh, I think if you're talking about prop bets, uh, Justin Fields for over 300 yards combined wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, maybe even over two and a half touchdowns uh, as well, both uh, rushing and passing. So next we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City has a better team. Kansas City has home field advantage. Kansas City wins big. 28-14. to I'm going to go Chiefs 34 to Jacksonville 17. The Chiefs are going to get a lead. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. We're going to see some turnovers from Trevor Lawrence, probably. Short fields for Patrick Mahomes equals more touchdowns, more points, more points. Uh, maybe towards the end, fourth quarter, backups in, really prevent defense. The Jags score a couple touchdowns, 34-17. Kansas City Chiefs win handily. Next, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Miami Dolphins. Well, Miami's hot. They're putting up, they're putting up, they're putting up um, phenomenal offensive passing numbers. Um, Cleveland is a ball control team. I, I got the I got the home team twenty four to twenty. I have the Dolphins, and I'll say Dolphins twenty seven to the Browns twenty. I think the Browns will be able to run the ball, but. This Dolphins offense is just clicking right now. As you get Bradley Chubb up to speed, I think they're going to be able to get after Jacoby Brissett, force him into some mistakes. I got the Dolphins. Next, you have the Houston Texans at the New York Football Giants. Who you got? Well, the Giants, Giants coming off a of bye week. Uh, with, a, with a very good record. Um. Houston, Texas is uh, not a formidable opponent. I don't, I don't, I don't think this one's going to be close. Giants win big at home. I'm going to go with the Giants as well. I think this is going to be a little bit closer than you do. I don't think the Giants' offense is very explosive, so I'll say the Giants win 24 to the Texans 16. Next, we have the New Orleans Saints at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got? Too bad. Um, actually, to me, I two bad teams would be an ugly football game. Um, I could. I, I don't see any bright spots here in this game. Two teams going the opposite way of the playoffs. Um, but I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Mike Tomlin and the Steelers at home. Seventeen ten. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a bad bet. I'll go Steelers as well. I'll say seventeen to fourteen. 
Uh, neither offense is very inspiring. I think the Saints are actually more talented team than the Saints uh, were at home. I'd probably pick them. But uh, I think the Steelers, better well coached. I, I think uh, we'll see them bid on a pretty solid representation of themselves. Steelers 17, Saints 14. Next, we have the Denver Broncos at the Tennessee Titans. Um, Denver is underachieving. Tennessee's running game is starting to click. And I say, I say, I say, I say Tennessee um, 27-14. I'm going to go Tennessee 20, Broncos 6. Tennessee has an extremely good defense. Broncos offense is not very good at all. uh, And it's going to be a struggle for Russell Wilson and company. Next, we have the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Raiders are at home. Once again, once again, Two teams going the opposite way of the playoffs. A couple terrible games on the schedule this week. Um, I don't like neither one of these teams and the direction they're headed. Uh, The Colts might be. The Colts might be. The Colts are on the road, so the the crowd home field advantage won't be a chance. Won't won't make a difference. Um, I see the Raiders. I I see the Raiders winning an ugly football game. Yeah, I'll go with the uh, 17-6. 17-6? Yeah, I'll go with the Raiders as well. I'll say the Raiders win 19-16. to uh, But yeah, this is going to be a pretty bad football game. Next, you have the Dallas Cowboys at the Green Bay Packers. Who you got? Well, Green Bay is, on, Green Bay is heading for the bus. Dallas is up and coming, moving into that, moving and get, getting ready for a playoff, um, a playoff push. I got, I got the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys in this game. Twenty three to twenty three to ten. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers goes down. Um, they need they 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 need to start they need to start getting ready for next year. I don't think he'll be there next year. Oh, you think he's gonna retire, quest or request a trade? Yeah, but the contract is gonna be a hold up. Okay, that's interesting. So I have uh, the Dallas Cowboys winning. I'll say they went 24 to the Packers, 13. Dallas is a very good defense. Packers' offense is very bad. I also think Green Bay, they struggle against uh, with run defense, particularly on that side of the ball. Uh, and I think you're going to see the Dallas Cowboys run it down their throat. Time of possession, it's not going to be a pretty game for the Packers. It's going to be... Uh, slow bleeding death by a thousand paper cuts, and Mike McCarthy's going to get a little revenge on his old team. Next, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the LA Rams. Hmm. Once again, they got some terrible games this week. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are Yonas here, man. Two, 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 two underachieving franchises. Two two underachieving coaches. Uh, one evil quarterback. One quarterback who lucked up on the Super Bowl. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with home. I'm gonna go with the home team. I'm 
going with the Rams. 27-24. I'm going to go with the Rams, too. I'll say they win 31-28. I think they've been a better football team than the Cardinals all year, even though the Rams have been somewhat, well, extremely disappointing, actually. But uh, the Cardinals have been even more disappointing. Next, we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the San Francisco 49ers. Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth on the call, Sunday Night Football, Carrie Underwood's going to sing. Who you got? Well, Chargers is playing over five. It's, it's playing over 500 ball. Um, 49ers is playing right at 500. You know, and a um, couple injuries here and there for the 49ers. But um, I'm going I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Home team. I'm going with the 49ers. I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. So they went 24 to 20. Uh, the Chargers have not been very well coached this year. I think San Francisco's a better uh, coach team also. As you see, the, the Niners get Christian McCaffrey up to speed. They start getting more guys healthy. I think the Chargers have some issues on the offensive line. I think the 49ers have one of the best, deepest defensive lines headlined by Nick Bosa. Uh, I don't think this is a good mix. And lastly, we have... Monday Night Football, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck on the call, the Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. Who you got? Philly 24-6, 24-10, 24-7, Philly. I got the Eagles 20 to the Commanders 14. NFC East Divisional game, I think, should be tough, should be close. I think probably the Commanders have learned a lot from the last time they faced the Eagles. But still, fly, Eagles, fly. I think the Eagles are just a better football team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They move, they, they, they're moving into their zone now. They're going to be high. They, they, they're a hell of a team. Extremely good. And that's about all we have. Thanks again for coming on the pod, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Daryl. Thank you for having me. And, uh... This is probably one of the, as far as competition-wise, this is one of the worst scheduling weeks I've seen in a while. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Zach for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 503rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.